Coming to you from the lovely city of LaGrange, this is Panther Talk, your weekly dose of world news, trivia, and campus updates. I'm Aria Mabry, and here with me is Dee Hare. Thanks, Aria. We have a wonderful show coming up for you, including info and updates on CE events, college happenings, and an interview with President Susanna Baxter. Heck yeah, bro. Anyway, uh, can we talk about the elephant in the room? The freaking truck that pulled up onto the quad. Uh-huh, the police chase that happened yes. right in our front door. Let me just tell you what, okay, so Rebecca Powers and I were in my room in Turner, which that whole building was unlocked at the time uh, because the scanners haven't been working. And <laughs> so we're standing up there and we hear these sirens go by and both of us kind of looked at each other and we were like, huh, funny, but like, that's not an uncommon occurrence here in Lagreezy, right? Mm-hmm. So, um... Like three minutes after we heard that, we were like going down the elevator and we were going out to my car to drive back to BSA, right? So here we are and there's like three other students. It's like Parker Gonzalez and a group of them over there. And they're like, somebody's on the phone and they're like, like, do not leave campus, get back inside or get off campus. Like, and I was like, what the heck is going on? So then we look over and there's a bunch of police lights on the quad and Rebecca freaking decides to go down onto the residential quad and just like stand there and start watching it. Meanwhile, I'm on the phone with my mother and my mother is like, get off campus or go back inside. And I was like, you know what? I think I'm going to head out because mm, it's a little scary. So Rebecca and I leave, and <laughs> I'm driving through the parking lot. There's a cop behind me. There's a cop in front of me. There's also a cop coming off of, like, you know, that road that runs right in front of Turner in between, mm-hmm. like, the calf and stuff? Yeah. There's a cop pulling out of there. So I'm just going, and I'm like, Ugh. <laughs> So we make it back to BSA, and all was well. And I was just waiting for the all clear before I went back. Yeah, I was totally caught off guard because, like, like you said, we're used to sirens here. Yeah. You kind of, you know, the background noise. But these sirens like went on for a while and like are right next to the building. I was like, okay, what's happening? So Erica called me and she's like, look outside. And so I go <laughs> to the, because I'm on the opposite end towards the road on, in Candler. Right. So I walk to the other side of the building and there's already a crowd of people in the stairwell looking <laughs> through. That and there's, you just me. see like three cop cars <laughs> and the truck and everything. And so the next like 30 minutes, Every window between Candler and Hawkins, there was a face in the window looking <laughs> down into the, <laughs> the quad. Um, That's so funny. Yeah. I just think it's hilarious the difference between, like, my mom and Rebecca's mom. Because both of us called our moms, right? And so my mom was the one who was like, uh, you know, get off campus, you know, be safe, like, lock yourself down. Like... <laughs> She was a little, a little worried. But then Rebecca called her mom, and she was like, well, if you would have stayed on the quad, you would have been able to see the whole thing. <laughs> and I was like, okay. <laughs> no, knowing Rebecca, she would have gone and helped with the arrest. The she probably would have. Person. Actually. <laughs> yeah. So now I think this, is go, this, this will go into our interview with Susanna Baxter. Yeah. Hello. Hi. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you for coming. Thank you for joining us today yes. on the podcast. We've been just anticipating your your this interview and so really excited. excited for it. Well, I'm excited to be here. I'm a big fan of the show. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I keep listening uh, on Sundays typically when it drops and I'm thrilled to be here. Honored that you all would have me here. Yes. Awesome. Well, we just have some few little just like bullet points we want to talk about, some questions, just some some insights from you that we just want to get some, uh, you know, your views. 
So first of all, let's just go with what's your job? Well, I'm the president of the institution, and that means that uh, I spend a lot of my time in meetings <laughs> and uh, listening to various different groups that are interested in the college, whether it be students who are here or it's faculty or staff. Mm-hmm. Or like yesterday, I was on a trip uh, to visit with a class member from the class of 1953 mm-hmm. and wow. to meet with her and to hear her wonderful stories about the transformation that she um, happened to her as being a part of our family. Wow. So sometimes it's great moments like that and talking to alumni and and talking to people who want to donate so that mm-hmm. you all as current students have new things uh, and scholarship aid. And so uh, there's fun moments like that and then other moments that are uh, more sitting in a meeting, more mm-hmm. you know checking boxes, getting stuff done. And I know for a fact you... Whenever you can, you definitely come to things that like the scenes that we had on last Friday for our oh, scene yeah. study class. You came and saw those scenes, and that's it's awesome that you can come to those mm-hmm. things like that. I, I prioritize you all. You're why I do it, and you all feed me. So when I haven't seen you all enough, the job feels hard. And so that's my way of reminding myself why I put in all the long hours are great students like you all. Mm. That, that means so much to us. I know everyone I've talked to just we love seeing you on campus all around and it means so much. Well, keep the invitations coming. When I get invited, I try to show up. Heck yeah. So while we're on the topic of like, what's your job and stuff, I have always been super curious about like what your day looks like as the president of LaGrange College. Uh, I usually uh, am kissing my youngest child who still wants much to do with mom uh, <laughs> as a nine-year-old. I am um, seeing him off by 7.15. I'm headed to the office and uh, that gives me a little bit of quiet time before the rest of the team arrives, so I enjoy that. Wow. Uh, and that's usually where I get to touch email um, <laughs> is during that time. And then usually by 9 o'clock, I have meetings that have started. Uh, and it, I meet with uh, the president's cabinet or the vice presidents across the campus. So whether I'm meeting with uh, Terrilyn Olds on on, ac- uh, on athletics or Brian Peterson on, on uh, academic affairs, I have meetings with those. Not every person once a week, uh, but within a two-week cycle, I've met with each of those. And then there are community members or board members or others that want to meet with me. And so I'll have meetings about that. Uh, the strategic planning work of the college is something that comes out of my office. So we approved a new plan in April. We are in the works of, uh, in the process of accomplishing much of that plan. And so as we are uh, accomplishing it, then what else is next within the plan that we work on? So that's some stuff that I will do. I also serve on some local uh, boards uh, and national boards. So I have work that represents the college, for example, uh, at at the United Way here in in town. So there's parts of my days, uh, not every day by all means, but parts of my days that I'll be spending time working on in that capacity um, to be an ambassador for LaGrange out in the community or across the country. Wow. <laughs> that's a that's a lot. <laughs> it's fun. It's fun. Wow. I'm glad that it's fun because I know sometimes like, you know, having meetings all day and stuff can kind of be a little draining. I know for me, like if I'm having like f- four or five different meetings for different organizations that I'm involved in, it's like, 
Yeah, it is is on a back to back. We try not to schedule everything as back to back to give me a little bit of time because just like you, you know, you need a chance uh, to use the restroom or just to breathe and to switch your mind to the next subject. Uh, You probably have a hard time when you have back to back classes if you don't have at least the ability to walk and think (laughs) about what's next, right? Reloading your brain. Um, And so for me, I do that. And at the end of the day, when the meetings stop, uh, if I don't have evening functions, then I'm spending time looking at what's come in my inbox uh, since the, the day before, what's pressing that I have to respond to before I go home wow. and have dinner with the family. Fab. Period. Wow. <laughs> All right. Well, here's something interesting. I know a lot of students are curious about some things and, you know, only say what you, you know, can, can say about these things. But um, the ongoing projects on the campus, such as, you know, Henry, what's, what's going on with Henry? Uh, we've got some... People ask me about the natatorium and manger. And so is there anything about those you can say? Yes, I can. So we are in the process of a campus master plan. A mm-hmm. campus master plan is a um, is a project where you would bring in, say, architects or those that are uh, um, involved in space planning. Mm-hmm. And they look at what the industry, so in our case, higher education, what's what our college is doing, what's the trend, where is your strategic plan, where are you focused, right? Um, where, what, how do your spaces need to speak to that plan and help that plan, you know, breathe life into it? Uh, campus master plans, we, the last one we did was in 2000. Uh, much of that wow. work was accomplished. The residence halls, if you live in Candler and Hawkins, it's a product of that. The new library, the science lab building, right? All of those were products of that campus master plan. So we're in the process of putting a campus master plan together. Um, I can tease out a little bit about what might be involved, and mm-hmm. I will say in the campus master plan, there have been students through the Student Government Association. So if you're not involved in Student Government Association, I encourage you to show up to their meetings and to get involved because that's where we go to make sure we have student voices at the table on different topics. So some of the things, uh, Henry Hall uh, is obviously going to feature prominently in <laughs> our discussion of what happens. Henry Hall, for those that uh, don't know, was built uh, finished, I think the first students moved in in 1970. Oh, wow. Uh, many of our alums refer to it as the new dorm because when it first opened up, that's what it was. Um, Henry Hall was later named for H.G. Henry, a college president that served, I think, 35 years for the college, the oh, longest serving really? president that we've had. Um, dear, dear man. Um, For Henry Hall, we have been in discussions about whether to rehab that, and these discussions actually have taken place since I arrived. Mm -hmm. Um, I saw Henry Hall, and I uh, struggled with thinking um, I wanted you all to live in it because of the condition of it. It was built, it's an architectural choice that was very popular at that time. There are a number of higher education institutions that have a building like Henry mm-hmm. uh, and with the external uh, balconies. Mm-hmm. In our case, it has metal furniture that you can't move. Uh, the chest of drawers is three drawers. It's the size of a bedside table. But in the 70s, that appeared to be ample space. Hmm. I don't, having helped our freshmen move in <laughs> and all of our <laughs> students move in, I can say that is not enough for room uh, in a small (laughs) closet. Uh, So um, the room just doesn't lend itself to be repaired. And Mm. so we were looking as a board, brought in architects, because it's not just how does the room look, but what's the roof condition, the pipe condition, Mm. right? All the things, the heating and cooling, all of the mechanical pieces of the building. And what was determined is it was going to cost us 
just about $3 million more mm. to build a new building than to rehab Henry. And so it was a, uh, the board made the decision that even though $3 million is a lot of money, we weren't going to get the type of building that was going to be spectacular out of that money mm. because it was always going to be Henry Hall. In, in its limitations as to what it had. Um, they were going to move, uh, that plan had an internal hallway, so the rooms would have moved out to where the balcony is. You would have moved out some, but still it was, it was going to have its limitations. So we um, were able to secure a grant, and we've had wonderful support by foundations and donors across um, our history, and the current time is no different. So our campus master plan is being funded by a donor. Uh, the the knocking down of Henry, because that's what's going to happen this summer, yeah. uh, that building has been paid for, to bring down has been paid for by a grant. So you will begin to see some progress um, this spring, more uh, making sure we get stuff out of the building. If anything has value, if it's metal and, and right, we can recycle it or what needs to happen, you'll start to see that. And then those that drive by campus this summer will see, as soon as graduation ends, uh, the bulldozers show up and we start to bring the building down so that when you get back, it will be a grassy hill. Oh my gosh. Wow. That is going to be a big hole on campus next year. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's uh, it's really, I think, going to open up the view of campus, yeah. right, and attach the down below to the top. Uh, and as a part of the master plan, there's discussions about what happens there. I don't think it's going to be another building. The question is, um, is it, I'm, I'm going to throw these ideas out. There's much, you know, this is like throwing spaghetti at a wall, what mm -hmm. sticks, and we'll see what what the board gravitates to. Uh, but a conversation about, do we create an amphitheater there mm. so that you could have outdoor classes or you all as wonderful uh, music, right, and theater people could put on a production out there um, or have an open mic night, right, or some kind of thing out there. Yeah. Oh. Or does it become a place that students can relax? So think of a place that might have a lot of hammocks or outdoor sitting or something like that where you could... Um, just relax. That's been some of the feedback through the master plan process is students really wanting more spaces to relax in a community setting versus mm -hmm. just their room and in their bed, yeah. right? So we'll see what happens there. Um, you asked, you also asked about uh, Manger. Mm -hmm. uh, Manger, for those that don't know, uh, and many of you wouldn't because it hasn't been open, in the summer of 2020, the HVAC, so the heating and cooling system for the building, stopped working. Hmm. And um, we moved, relocated the faculty. So your religion faculty, your English faculty, and your foreign language faculty were all housed in that building. And they relocated to other places. And so we also, as a part of a campus master plan, you start to look at data and usage. And you decide, well, what do you... Um, what do we need as a campus? And so we evaluated classroom space. And what we learned is we don't need more classroom space. We actually have plenty of classroom space already on this campus, and that's without Manger Online. Oh, wow. So we are still working with the board in options of what happens to that. So ideas of... Um, you know, do you move certain student support offices to that building? Do you create a residence hall in that building? What do you do, right? So too early to say what the board will grasp to, but we're looking at all options and what makes the most sense. Uh, and you mentioned a third building and I'm forgetting. The natatorium. The natatorium. So that's another uh, building that for students that don't know where that's located, that's next to the tennis court. So when you come and cheer on our Panthers for tennis, that's the building that's closed. Um, 
years and years ago, there that was a community um, center mm. that yeah. then was given to the college, and that's where you had pools, and it was one large pool, and then it was divided into an indoor pool for, think, um, racing, competition, swimming, and then an outside pool. Um, when I got here, there was... Um, there was difficulty with the pool equipment and having it work properly. Mm. And um, and then the, the pool that was holding water stopped holding water. And so mm. we closed the building down because of safety reasons. You don't want, uh, you know, a, a place that would hold brackish water and have animals die in it right. or, God forbid, a person, mm-hmm. right? And so we closed that building off completely so that no one would accidentally fall into a concrete yeah. hole um, that might have a little bit of water in it or something. And so we closed that building. We have been in conversations with uh, our various community stakeholders from coaches to um to board members, uh, to the Callaway Foundation, who um, originally that was their building, and then it was gifted, you know, in a in a deal with the college to to have that building. Um, what becomes of it, we are not sure just yet. And I, um, it may there, there's all sorts of ideas that it gets knocked down completely, mm. and um, and we expand the CEB, uh, or it becomes uh, a competition gymnasium. Um, and trying to figure out what makes the most economic sense. Sometimes it's hard to take an old structure, and it's more expensive to tie into an older structure than to start new. Right. And so all of those questions are things that we are trying to to wrestle with. We want to be good stewards. You all are going to grow up, right? Um, continue. When I say grow up, you're going to leave this place. You're going to graduate. You're going to get letters from us that say, don't you want to support your alma mater? And I hope you will. Mm -hmm. And when you're wildly successful, Dee, on the stage, Mm -hmm. right, or whatever that next juncture is for Mm -hmm. you, you may find yourself with a little extra money or money that's not extra, but it's this place was so impactful, you want to designate it for a cause. Mm -hmm. So Every time we're meeting with a donor um, who are largely our alums, right, we want to be able to say we're using that money in the best way possible. And so we owe it to all of those people that we are able to talk about um, and explore multiple options. So I don't know yet, but I will know uh, here the board will approve the strategic or the campus master plan in April. And so I'll know more by the end of April. Maybe you can have me back and we can talk about, well, what is in that master plan? But right now there's a lot of ideas floating around. Yeah. I appreciate those insights. That's, mm-hmm. That was really nice to hear and, I, you know, a lot of stuff I didn't know, and I'm sure a lot of people will, will appreciate that knowledge. You know, uh, kind of off topic, but I actually took swim lessons in the natatorium. Did you? Wow. I did. Well, oh, and a number of our faculty um, whose children are now in high school or college uh, had their children take swim lessons yeah. there at the natatorium. Yeah. And so it was uh, the type of thing where um, even when the college started running it, neighborhood um, individuals who lived in LaGrange could have subscribe, have a membership to it, like yeah. a community pool. Yeah. Um, and then our students obviously had access to it as well. And we had a swim team um, for those that don't remember our swim team. And, and we discontinued the swim team because when you don't have a pool that holds water, it's really hard to have a swim team. Right. <laughs> Well, sort of connected to that, but also more broad. But uh, do you have any there are future plans for the college that are kind of like, you know, pressing or like, you know, exciting stuff mm. like that? Um, I have to say uh, what we do in the next version iteration of a residence hall to replace Henry. We're at 90 percent this fall. We were at 90 percent 
capacity on our housing. Oh, wow. And so we need a, a structure. So I'm excited about what may come there and how we can be in the best service of you all um, with that new structure and what or structures, what does it look like? So I'm excited about that. Um, I am excited about all the work in retention Mm-hmm. and trying to improve retention. I uh, was thrilled this summer. We got a, a donation of about $100,000 to redo the tutoring center. Oh, wow. And so to give you a sense of what does it take, so the 24 and the new Mochelle Learning Center back behind it, um, that was about 100000 to do the, the painting, the flooring, all the new furniture that w- went into that space and the technology that went into that space. And um, I'm really excited to see what else will come. Our faculty are so great and um, very creative in how they're looking and thinking differently about retention um, over the last couple of years. Just And I obviously didn't, I started in July of 2020, so I don't mm-hmm. have a long history, but I've been so pleased with what the faculty have been doing uh, to help you all learn better and to make up for some of that COVID loss of learning that right. we believe. And as we talk to parents of students and to, <laughs> to you, we hear um, echoed out uh, that, that there's a loss in learning, particularly in yeah. math. Oh, from COVID. absolutely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just remember sitting in my room and like taking an online math class and I was like, I'm not understanding any of this. I would have been the same with you. Yes. I don't know how uh, online, I, I've never taken an online class. That was not an option uh, mm-hmm. back when I was in school. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure how I would do. And I know in math, it wouldn't work mm-hmm. for me. Yeah. I was already not good at math and just taking an online online class was just not my favorite. And I was not having a good time. <laughs> That was me with Spanish too. My first Spanish two was online and I just couldn't do it. I had to be in classroom learning. And luckily my, after I I did do in, in person learning and then that, that, you know, it worked at that point. Well, you have a good ear too for, for foreign language. Um, so, so that you Mm -hmm. couldn't do it online speaks Mm -hmm. volumes to me. Yeah. Um, so I think I have one more question before, if Aria has any more, I just want to ask, what was it like coming in during COVID? Mm. A nightmare. <laughs> um, you have a picture of, or I had a picture of what a job would be like, and um, you all will experience this if you haven't already, but you get that job or that you think, and you think of the environment and the way in which you would do it. And so um, a college presidency can be a really isolating job. You don't mm. have people that you can often talk candidly and open to, right? Mm-hmm. And so, um, and that's a struggle for any leader of an organization that you, you can't be best friends and chums with your coworkers. Mm. Um, and I would argue even down the line, that that gets tricky, and you want to really think about those relationships. Uh, I could, we could have a whole nother podcast on that topic <laughs> um, of instances in my life where I'm like, that now became really tricky. Um, that dynamic, that relationship. But for for me and for my family, what it looked like was a a family affair. So we envisioned eating in the cafeteria together. We envisioned going to sporting events, going to plays, um, being out on campus. I had this um, really now silly, and this hasn't transpired, but I had this idea that um, my children would just be kind of adopted by the other students, right? Like they would just like, hey, and know their names. And and like, that's how involved we would be. and, Mm -hmm. And my family would feel really connected. And I come in in July, and of course, you know what the rules were, Dee. Um, 
we didn't have outsiders allowed on campus. You had to wear a mask the whole time. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I was learning. I feel like I had two entrances to the college. I had the mask. I knew everybody's eyeballs. And then the mask came out. And I'm like, wait a minute, you have facial hair, right? (laughs) Like I had no clue. Or that's what your nose looks like, right? And and same same with Mm -hmm. them with me. So I wasn't in the cafeteria eating. I couldn't walk through the cafeteria. I walked through, I think, one time. And... um, and, and, but we weren't supposed to be in there, but I wanted to see what the cafeteria was like with, with students in it. Um, there wasn't a lot of programming. It was all online. So mm-hmm. I participated mm-hmm. in some online things, but, you know, it wasn't like there were worship services or things yeah. that we could do. So at, from that perspective, it was really lonely. Mm-hmm. And so then when those restrictions, thank goodness, yeah. right, have come to an end, then it feels like a new start. And yeah. I was getting to learn people with what their faces look like and get involved and um, come to all those things. So the first year was just um, incredibly isolating because I would mm. show up to the office and um, because we had to wear masks, right, then typically the doors ended up being shut because you could take it off if you were in your office by yourself. Mm-hmm. And I was on call Zoom calls all day long with people. Yeah. Well, I will wow. say in the past year, it's been, you know, we do recognize your family. It's really nice yes. to see them around <laughs> and, you know, it's always yeah. nice to see Oh, they love them. it. They love it here. Um, but that, that's just this sense of what we thought it would be a real family thing. And then that first year. It was hard. They, they weren't out of the house, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it's crazy. COVID was hard on all of us, I guess. Yes. Yeah. Crazy. I mean, I was just a little baby sophomore in high school and just like, you know, I was actually at a dance competition when COVID shut everything down and like we got kicked out of Georgia Southern because that was the venue we were at and they were like, you can't be in here anymore. And we were like, okay. And then I was like, oh yeah, two weeks off of school. Great. And then we didn't go back. And I was like, (laughs) no, not great. (laughs) So, so I lost half my sophomore year. That's great. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I think it's an excellent point. Whatever, wherever, whatever life stage you were in, right? It was hard. Mm-hmm. Um, you miss things. You didn't do things you were accustomed to. I know for me, um, my father is older and I kept thinking this has got to end because um, I'm not going to have more Christmases, right? right. Mm. Like I know, I don't, not, I, he's not infirm, but he's 83. And so this notion of you're really stealing moments, yeah. right? This mm-hmm. you being this COVID thing. And we had to live smartly and all of that. And so we weren't getting together as a family because yeah. I was considered to have a high-risk job because I was on a college campus and my mm-hmm. family wasn't eager to have us all together. And I get that. Yeah. That was before vaccines and all of that. Yeah. Anyway, on a less like, you know, heavy topic, <laughs> yes. let's move on to some trivia. I'm ready. Mm-hmm. So we have a fun little game for you. Mm-hmm. Name that President, since you are the president of LaGrange oh, College, gracious. it makes sense. <laughs> this is not, I was ready for as a hot dog a sandwich, but go ahead. Oh, my God. Rebecca, it is not, but go ahead. <laughs> it's a shame Call you couldn't around. be here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So name that president. We're basically just going to, like, give you a little thing, a little scenario, and you have to name that president, and we'll tell you. Are we talking U.S. presidents? Yeah. Okay. Yes. Okay, so our first one is who crossed the Delaware River so that his army could attack an isolated garrison of Hessian troops located at Trenton, New Jersey? I believe that's George Washington. Wow, you're correct. Period. Period. I was a religion major, so I was getting nervous, but go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) You got this. I believe in you. Okay. (laughs) Who served the shortest term in U.S. history? Gerald Ford. I don't know. (laughs) It's actually William William Henry Harrison. 
William Henry Harrison, of course. Yeah. How did I not know that? <laughs> he was shot on his 32nd day in office. Yeah. Wow. I didn't know that. Wow. Yeah, I didn't really know that either. I'm just looking at, <laughs> <laughs> looking the, at trivia. the answers. Okay. This one's probably a given. Who was our tallest president? Abraham Lincoln. Yeah. Mm. And he was 6'4". That's Pretty tall. Yeah, that's tall. My dad's 6'3". So Man. it's hard to see somebody a little bit taller than that, actually. And he had that tall hat, so he's even taller. Yes. Yes. That tall hat. And skinny, so. Yeah. Yeah. Skinty. <laughs> okay, so who was our heaviest president? Taft, wasn't he? Yes. There was a special bathtub for him. Yes. He had to be brought in. Yes. He was 325 pounds. Is that muscle or like? <laughs> no comment. This is where you just move on. Yeah. No comment. Ne- next. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay. And who was the first president to receive a Nobel Peace Prize? I know Carter received one. So I'm going to, I don't know if that's the first though. It's Teddy Roosevelt. Actually. Teddy Roosevelt. Yeah. What did he get it for? My guess would have been the national parks. Maybe. I would have thought national park. I can go there, but I, I have no idea. They give out. Yeah. Multiple. Yeah. Well. I, know. I don't know. <laughs> no, I mean, I guess a Nobel Peace Prize, it was for peace, but not like yeah. the other like yeah. Nobel Prize. Huh. There's actually a Roosevelt State Park in Pine Mountain where I'm from, which is actually really fun. Liberty cool. Bell Pool and all that. Mm-hmm. And that Pine Mountain stuff. <laughs> not too shabby. Thank you for coming. Thanks for having me. This was a lot of fun. And thank you all for doing this. This is really cool avenue. It reminds me of when I was in college and we had an an AM radio station that was broadcast. And students would come in and they'd play CDs or records of whatever they were interested in and then have conversation like this. So y'all have brought back a lot of memories for me that I had completely forgotten about till I heard you. Look at us go. Go Panther Talk team. Go Panther Talk. (laughs) Yeah. All righty. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Yes, thank you so much. Thank you. Hopefully, ha- hope to have you back on sometime. Yes. Sure will. All right. So let's move into some college tips of the week. Uh, again, I really think it's hilarious how the freshman is giving the well, college tradi- tips. It's tradition now. It's tradition. It has to happen every single time. So my college tip of the week is to get involved with organizations on campus, and you may just find your calling. I know myself, uh, being here, I'm involved in like, I think it's a nine different organizations. Wow. So I've kind of, I've stretched myself a little thin. I'm not going to lie, but you know what? That's okay because I'm, I'm working through stuff and I'm finding what I love to do. And I have found some really amazing people through these organizations. Yeah, I, I think that's awesome that you're doing all that because I, that's one of the regrets I have my freshman year is not getting as involved as I mm. did. I, my freshman year, I was kind of just, you know, I did my stuff with the theater and my major and all that, but I kind of just sat in my room and I regret that. Right. So I've done, you know, I've done some more stuff as time goes on to get more involved. Like just right. recently I joined uh, Delta Tau Delta fraternity. Yeah. Um, also reminds me, Greek week is coming up soon. Yes. So if y'all want to get a chance to get involved with some organizations, go check that out and get some information. Just, Absolutely. you know, try, try looking into Greek life. Go so, Greek. <laughs> yeah. Lots of things happening on campus. So, yeah. uh, you know, don't don't stop yourself. Just try mm. try anything, and you may find what you like. Yeah, I feel like it's kind of hard not to get involved in anything on campus because mm-hmm. it's like there's always something happening on the plaza that kind of just like draws you in. Like I know, like during Welcome Week and stuff during Fair on the Hill, I was like, "Ooh, this sounds fun. Ooh, this is interesting. Ooh, like," <laughs> and that's where I'm at now <laughs> with the nine different organizations. <laughs> Jump scare. <laughs> oh man! All right. 
now we want to move on to interest group, college events, CE event updates, all that sorts of stuff. Mm-hmm. We got Yoga on the Hill on March 2nd, 1130 a.m. in the Jones Zone, first floor of Turner. Uh, we also have a CE event, the 3D Journeys Lecture, February 27th from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. in Callaway Auditorium. Another CE event, Mental Health and Mass Shootings, February 28th, 11.15 to 12.15 in the Bailey Room. Mm. Uh, got a Study Away info session, February 28th, 11.15 to 12.15 in the Lewis Library Multimedia Classroom, which is in, uh, room number 317. Another CE event, we got the Azalea Stor- t- Storytelling Festival, March 3rd from 5.30 p.m. to 9.30 p.m., Callaway Auditorium. Wow, lots of CE credits and mm-hmm, stuff lots of good coming stuff up. Going on. Make sure you get those CE credits. Yes, CE credits are a thing. You kind (laughs) of, how many do you need to graduate? 40? Yeah, yeah. It's like five a semester. I know in my ethos class, mm -hmm. they're like, you have to get five this semester and write it all down. No, if you start from your freshman year getting all that, it's very manageable. That's true. If you don't, it's not very manageable and you're worrying like I am right now. (laughs) (laughs) So, D. Let's not talk about that. All right, so now we're nearing the end of this episode, which has been a really great episode. Mm-hmm. I mean, with our interview with the Dr. Susanna Baxter, the president of LaGrange College. Holy moly. Madam President. Madam President. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, Panther Talk is written by Trip Floyd, produced by Erica Hill and Kelton Hunt, audio engineering by Stevie Nicks, audio editing by Keonthony Seals. Audio mixing and mastering by Eddie Montgomery. Graphic designs by Emily Childs and music by Jacob Broom. And a special thanks to Dr. Baxter for letting us interview her. Mm -hmm. And that's our show. Thank you all for listening. Goodbye for now and have a good one, Panthers. Bye, y'all.